you should have gotten one of our sermon outlines, and I believe on there, if I'm not mistaken, there's a code. Has anybody got one handy? There's a little code there that you can scan. Is that okay? Is it working this morning? Have you checked it already, Andrew? You voted already. Okay, good. If you, if you have opportunity, I would love for you to scan that code, play along a little bit this morning, or if you have the Bible app on your, your smartphone or tablet or whatever, you can search for a live event, just search our zip code 42071, you'll see Elm Grove on there, and I'd like for you to vote in a little poll this morning. The, the new Avengers movie is out, and some of you have seen it, some of you have not. <clears throat> I happen to be a huge fan of superheroes, I always wanted to be one, I always wanted to be Batman. I had a dream in college. I was Batman once and nearly fell off the top bunk during that dream. But it was worth it because they had to be Batman for, you know, what, three or four minutes. And so, so anyway, I, I love superheroes. I, I, love, I love those movies. Uh, tolerate me, if you will, for a minute. And I, I particularly love the Avengers movies. I, I love all that whole series and Marvel's comics and all of that. And so the, the poll this morning, the question is, the online form there is, who is your favorite Avenger? And so I've listed the, the main ones, at least, from the past couple of movies here. Iron Man, the Hulk, Black Widow, Captain America, Hawkeye, and Thor. And you may have another Avenger that you prefer. Maybe it's Ant-Man or something like that. But maybe you have another you prefer. That option is there as well. But I'd love to get your, get your opinion on that. I, and, and as Andrew said, he's already voted and so maybe some of you would take opportunity. I'll, I'll kind of give you the results uh, as, we, as we go along. But I, I'm, I'm curious here to get some, some feedback, literal feedback this morning, on who is your favorite of those Avengers and, and why. So if someone is so brave and you would say, you know what, I, I, I like those, those superhero movies, I, I like the Avengers... Somebody tell me who, which one is your is your favorite Avenger? Anybody? Uh, yes, Hulk. the Hulk. Why? Well, Mark Ruffalo does an excellent job. Okay, you like Mark Ruffalo playing playing Bruce Banner and the Hulk? All right. Anybody else? Yes. Iron Man. Why? Well, Robert Downey Jr. is pretty easy on the eye. Okay, so all right. Okay, okay, all right. So let's hear from some of the guys, shall we? <laughs> Thank you, though. Appreciate that. Oh, that's so good. That's great. Yes, sir. You like Thor. Why do you like Thor? So, you, oh, so you kind of grew up on, on, on these guys. And, and, okay, so he's been your favorite all along? Okay, cool. All right. You know, Thor is really cool because he, he's the only one who can lift a hammer. You know, and, and uh, in, the first, in the first Avengers movie, of course, you talk about the Hulk. He throws it at the Hulk, and the Hulk can't even pick it up. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Hey, anybody else? Who, who else? Hey, Logan. Okay. Oh, why is that? He's a Marvel version of Batman, so he's got to be cool. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, John? You like Captain America? Why, why Captain America? That's, that's right. <laughs> You know, my, if I were to list them, I guess, and maybe one and two, I think my favorite is probably Iron Man. I, he's, to me, he's kind of like Batman in the sense he doesn't have any particular superpower in and of himself, but he's just so ridiculously smart, he comes up with the best stuff. And so I, 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 it's, I guess, in, literally, in my dreams, I figure I could do that. If I were smart enough, had enough money, and enough cool stuff, I could be Batman or Iron Man, you know? I think, for me, the second one that I like, 
like is Captain America. I mean, he's just, he's so principled. I mean, everything is, you know, he's going to do the right thing all the time. And, and, um, you know, and, and of course he's big and strong, you know, and, and I was you know, short and not. And so I thought, well, that'd be pretty cool to be able to be Captain America. Here's, here's the reason I bring all that up. And I hope that you're voting. I'll give you some results if I can pull them up here in, in just a minute. But when I think of, of the, the new Avengers movie and you see all of the different characteristics that these superheroes have, one of the things that I immediately compare that to, especially on a day like, like Mother's Day, when you think about the, the women in your life, you probably have somebody, and you may be that somebody, who's felt as if you need to be a superhero. The roles that you have to play, I mean, you need to be as clever as Iron Man. You know, I mean, you need to be as, as smooth and intelligent as Black Widow. You've got to be as strong as the Hulk, as principled as, as Captain America, uh, you know, as otherworldly as Thor. I mean, you've got to put it all together, and that's the role that you have to play. And ladies, whether you are a mother or not, you realize that in a lot of ways, that's what's expected of you. You have to be all things to all people, it seems. And, and then you come to church on Mother's Day, and you hear a sermon about these women from the Bible, and there's no way that you can ever live up to any of that stuff. I mean, the preacher, boy, he makes these ladies sound so incredible and sets the bar so high, and you walk away thinking, well, that's not, I can't do that. There's no way. I'm going to preach a sermon just like that this morning. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I am going to preach a sermon that there is no woman on the planet can live up to this sermon. I'm just going to tell you that up front. But the, the reason I'm going to preach that sermon is hopefully to tell you at the end you don't have to. I'm going to show you the, the classic sermon on women this morning, Proverbs chapter 31. You've probably read that passage before. You, If you've been in church on Mother's Day, you have heard it preached before. And it is the pinnacle. I mean, if, if you're a woman and you want to know what does the Bible say women ought to be, go to Proverbs 31 and start at verse 10 and read to the end of it. And you'll close the Bible and never open it again. <laughs> it is a bar that seems so high and so comprehensive. How in the world... Could anybody live up to it? Let me tell you a little bit about Proverbs chapter 31. Now, Proverbs 31 is written, especially, the, like I said, verses 10 to 31, as, as an A to Z comprehensive look at what godly women are about. In the Hebrew alphabet, each letter is represented at uh, the beginning of each stanza. So this is a poetic form, and it's essentially, we would have 26, they had 22 letters. A to Z, essentially, here's what it is. And it was meant to be, here's A, B, C, D, meant to be memorized and understood and passed along from generation to generation. This morning, I, I hope that we can begin to look at really what is the truth from Proverbs 31, what are the lies that maybe you have believed? And then what's the solution to that? The series that we're starting this morning is called Home. It'll run from today through Father's Day. We'll end on Father's Day. And we'll, we'll cover a variety of issues that everybody faces at home. Now, you may be a married person. You may be unmarried. You may have children. You may have no children. You may live by yourself. You may live with, with family or whatever. But everybody has a home. Everybody grew up in a home of some kind, good, bad, or otherwise. And so you have been, and I have been shaped 
by the home in which I was raised, by the home in which we live now, Everybody is affected by those things. Now, you've seen the commercials for for travel to Las Vegas. What happens here stays here. You know as well as I do at home, what happens there doesn't stay there. It affects you the rest of your life. It goes with you, good or bad, or somewhere in the middle. It trails you. It shapes you. It determines, to a large degree, who you are. It prepares you, hopefully. It haunts you sometimes. We're not going to look at every issue that people deal with at home, but hopefully cover some of the things, maybe how you've been shaped. And again, look at the truth versus the lies and see what is the way through. So if you've got a Bible handy, turn to Proverbs 31. And I want to, uh, to hopefully show you a little bit of what we can take away from this, the truth versus the lies. And what we've done with this particular passage of Scripture over the years, I think, in many cases, is made this, instead of, here's really the heart of what God is trying to get to. Here's, here's what we can see, God's heart for what He wants women to be. What we've done instead is made this a set of laws. You know, live up to this or, or you're useless. You know, you're, you're no good at all. So I want to this morning separate truth from lies. So we're going to handle it that way. I'll give you the truth. Uh, from from what the, the Scripture is telling us. Then I'm going to give you, here's maybe the lie that we bought into, and you may have some version of that. We're going to do that in three different ways, and then I'll come back at the end and we'll close it out, all right? The first truth that we're presented with in Proverbs chapter 31, beginning in verse 11, is that godly women are to be trustworthy. Just write write that down. Be tra- That's the truth. That's the summary truth. And let me let me roll through this real quickly, and I'll show you how how trustworthy becomes the ideal here for godly women. Verse eleven says it this way: The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. She is a trustworthy woman. His the, the heart. She's a married woman, uh, but you can you can play this out to the, the men in her life, particularly in this case, her husband. They trust in her. She has proven herself to be trustworthy. He trusts her completely. In every area of life, that's what's implied. She's got good sense. She has some skill. She's a woman of character and purity. She can be trusted to be faithful to her marriage vows. She, the roles and responsibilities she has, she's, she's trustworthy in those things. She can be trusted with money. She can be trusted all these different areas. Responsibility of home and children and so on. Her, the heart of her husband, it says, trusts in her. Guys, don't, don't take for granted. Let me just kind of detour for a second. Don't take for granted if you have a trustworthy woman in your life. Maybe your mother, maybe your wife or a sister or whomever it may be. Don't ever take for granted someone that you can trust. It says in verse 11, her husband lacks nothing good. He doesn't like anything good. Now, overall, what that means is she not only is trustworthy, she's, she, you know, she's responsible and so on, but she's a benefit to him. She's a blessing to him. There's something about having her in his life that makes him better. And fellas, you, you know, if you have a woman like that in your life, you say, you know, I look back on my mother and say, praise God, I had a woman like that in my life who made me a better man, who shaped me to be who I, who I was to become. Maybe you're married to a woman like that and, and she just makes you better. She's a strong woman who strengthens her husband. There's an interdependent relationship here. They both depend on one another and... She certainly is a benefit. Verse 12, it goes on. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. Not only is she a blessing to him, but it doesn't come by accident. She's actively seeking to be a benefit and a blessing to his life. 
You know how relationships deteriorate. It's when we begin to coast. It's when we stop being active and proactive in our desire to be a benefit to someone else. And ladies, Scripture here tells us that those who are after God's heart, they're actively seeking to be a benefit to those around them. She does good, it says here. Not evil. All the days of her life, even when she doesn't feel like it. She's building trust and she's doing good. And then verse 13 says, She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. That means she's someone who, who has a strong work ethic. She's a leader. She's, she's smart. And she enjoys seeing the, the work that she does pay off. Can you already tell how this builds up to say, I can't live up to this? I mean, I, I hope you're feeling that, ladies, this morning. I hope you get the point where you say, I can't do any of that stuff. Verse 14, it goes on. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from far away. Now, this is an incredible comparison. Because the Hebrew people hated the ocean. They were scared to death of it. It was symbolic of of darkness and evil and disaster. And yet, this woman is compared to someone, or a ship rather, that goes out onto these dangerous waters... And does what she has to do. She's brave in the face of tough circumstances. She's organized and planned out and bent on doing whatever needs to be done. She can be counted on, regardless of the difficulty that she faces. And regardless of how overwhelming the odds are against her. Nothing stands in her way of doing what what she knows needs to be done for the people around her. Verse 15 continues. She rises while it is still night. And provides food for her household and portions for her servants. I mean, it's still dark and she's already up. In fact, she never sleeps. She's a superhero, after all. Any sleep? Sleep? That's for the weak. You kidding me? I'll sleep later. You know, some folks, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sleep one of these days. When the kids grow up, then I'll sleep. But for 18 some odd years, this woman does not sleep, ever. You know, the real point is that nobody has to stand over her shoulder. She's proactive. She's going to do what needs to be done. And many of those things no one will ever see. The idea of it being before sunrise. It's still dark. Nobody sees what she does. She does it anyway. And the truth out of all these verses is to be trustworthy. To take these things and say, you know, I, I mean, yeah, it's poetic and there's some exaggeration there. And, and, and this isn't being a superhero, but you know, I'm going to be trustworthy. I'm going to be the kind of person that can be counted on. I'm going to be the kind of person who's faithful and, and who does what needs to be done, even when it's difficult. I'm going to be that kind of person. But ladies, the lie can be easily put on you that it's not just being trustworthy, but, but the lie comes, and that is to be everything. You can see all of this, and you say, oh, okay, um, you know, this woman never sleeps. She does all these things. She's out working. She's taking care of the home. I mean, she's a stay-at-home mom with a full-time job. You know, both at the same time who never sleeps. In fact, she works all night, takes care of the kids all day long, you know, and, and then takes care of her husband when he gets home from work and, and does everything that, that needs to be done around the house. And, well, I tell you what, that's a tall order. You know, you can read all of this stuff and you can get really overwhelmed believing that as a woman, as a mother, as a grandmother, you have to be everything to everyone. You never can get tired, you never need a break, and you have to operate as if everyone else's life depends on you. It's a superhero. Now, some of you came this morning, and that's exactly where you are. You are in the midst of being everything. Yeah, trustworthy is in there, but you know, I've skipped right past that, and I'm going to everything. 
So you operate that way as a superhero, doing everything that everyone seems to need, taking on responsibility that you know is, is killing you, but you feel obligated to do it. You feel like you can't take a break, that you, you can't let anybody else down. You don't care for yourself, and you're slowly but surely kind of wasting away. And all of this is killing you because you've bought into the lie. You've even heard the sermons, and the sermons have portrayed a lie to you. The sermons have been so far out there, and you say, well, I guess I've got to do this and got to do that. Second truth is this. Be wise. Be trustworthy. The lie is be everything. The truth, secondly, is be wise. Look at verse 10. This is what sets up the the rest of this chapter. Who can find a capable wife? She is far more precious than jewels. So the idea is that this person is very, very rare. Uh, the, the woman that is going to be described here is, is, is not exactly the kind of woman that's just, well, just out there everywhere. It's a rare kind of find here. And it goes on to talk about, in verse 16, she evaluates a field and buys it. She's wise. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. So she makes wise decisions. Ladies, I don't know if you've ever made an unwise decision, but the ideal woman never makes an unwise decision. You know that? I mean, she makes the right decision every single time. If you've ever made an unwise decision, just quit now. You have lost it all. Whoever listens to this recording won't won't be able to see my face. Um, (laughs) To know that I actually am being very facetious, very sarcastic. But you know, I mean, here's we, we look at this and say, well, this one, boy, she evaluates a field and, and she plants a vineyard where she's got earnings. I mean, you know, she's extremely wise. She's always making the right decision. Secondly, we see that she's wise and, and, and that spills over into her work ethic. Look at verse 17. She draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. So now I've got it. Now I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm way past, you know, uh, being wise. Now I'm Wonder Woman. You know, I've got to do all of this stuff. Verse 18 says, she, she sees that her prophets are good and her lamp never goes out at night. There again, she doesn't sleep. Verse 19, she extends her hands to the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle. I mean, she's good at everything. You kidding? Verse 22, she makes her own bed coverings. <laughs> her clothing is fine linen and purple. I mean, she got the best of everything. And she made it all herself. Verse 24, She makes and sells linen garments. Not only does she have enough for her, she makes enough to support the family on it. She delivers belts to the merchants. Verse 27, she watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. (laughs) She never takes a break. It's always on. There's no recliner for her. I mean, at some point she collapses in a fetal position in a corner. But, you know, but until then, she's never idle. I mean, her work ethic is incredible. Because of her wisdom, she knows that's important. Verse 20 talks about her wisdom leads her to be generous. Look at this. Her hands reach out to the poor, and she extends her hands to the needy. In her wisdom, she knows she is to be generous, and so she never stops with that either. Her wisdom and the way that she lives, verse verse 23 tell us, makes her husband look good. Her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. I mean, she married well. I mean, was she, boy, her husband is something. And largely because of her, because she's so incredible. And also in her wisdom, she has great confidence. Look at verse 21. She's not afraid for her household when it snows. For all in her household are doubly clothed. I love that part. They got everything they need, plus some. Verse 25 says it this way. Strength and honor are her clothing, 
And she can laugh at the time to come. And she never gets stressed out. There ain't nothing that bothers her. She's just calm, cool, and collected all the time. And her hair's always in the right spot. <laughs> Makeup never smudged. I mean, it's just perfect all the time. And she also has great influence. Look at verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. Which means that because she never gets stressed out and her hair is always in the right place and everything is perfect, everything she says is incredible. It's so wise. And people literally come from miles around just to hear her say hello. Because it's so wise how she says it. The truth is, this woman is wise. The truth is, God does want women to develop wisdom, godly wisdom. That's the truth. That's the summary. The lie is that you should be impressive. I mean, think about this woman. Think about all the things that she's so incredibly proficient at. I mean, she makes decisions so impressive. She has such a work ethic. She never sleeps. How impressive is that? She's generous. I mean, always giving. She makes her own stuff and has enough to to give to other people. This is an impressive woman. You know, for some, it's not enough that we simply be godly, wise people. i got to impress people. And ladies, let me just tell you, you know who you're compared to. You're not stupid. You are compared to the most impressive women that this world can conjure up. Superhero women. The ones in the checkout line at the supermarket on the magazine covers. And it is laughable, isn't it? It's okay. It's laughable. But let's be honest, that's who you're compared to. And so what do you what do you do instead of saying, Well, you know what, the truth from God's word says that what God wants from me is simply just to be wise. Maybe that's not enough. Maybe I need to be impressive on top of that. And so you see the women who get the most attention based upon their looks combined with their elegance and their intelligence and they seem to be all of this and you're trying to keep up and it's killing you. The third truth in the remaining verses is to be devoted. The third truth is to be devoted. Look at verse 28. Her sons, her children, rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Her children here speak very well of her. That, that's the idea. I mean, they, 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 they look at her and they understand that she gets it. And she has tried to do all of the right things for all of the right reasons. She's not chased all the idols of this world. And they make a point to speak well of her. Now, this is not that they get up in the morning in some dream world and they rise up and, Oh, Mother, how I love thee. Um, you, you know, thou art blessed among all women and so on. It's not, that's you know, they don't speak in King James English to you, okay? So don't expect that, ladies, tomorrow morning your kids get up. Did you hear what he said? Rise up, son, and call me blessed. <laughs> not what we're talking about. What they do, however, is make it a point to speak well of their mother. And so she is spoken well of by her children, by the people that she has influence over. The verse goes on to say that her husband also speaks well of her, praises her, and says in verse 29, Many women are capable, but you surpass them all. 
Ladies, I know that the, the men in your life, that's what they're telling you all the time. You know what? Look at all these other women. You are so far and away superior to all of them. I mean, the, the men in your life never criticize you. They never tell you where you fall short. They're not the one that's telling you hair and makeup aren't working that day. They're just, they are praising you. You surpass them all. And that's, what, that's really, that's what's happening. Until it's not happening. And then you think, wait a minute. <laughs> Tells me here in Proverbs chapter 31 that if I'm the right kind of woman, that's exactly what's going to happen for me. My kids are going to speak well of me, and my husband will never stop praising me. The reason they do all of this is based upon some of the other verses. I won't take the time to read each one of those. But because of who she is, she's proven herself to not be someone who has to, to be watched over. She's not a lazy person. She's, she's loved this husband of hers. She's prepared her family for the future and what it holds. She's taught her family wisdom and passed along godly information. And considering all of that, of course, it's no wonder that her children and her husband speak well of her. Her husband goes on to compliment her in this way in verse 30. He says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. Charm, your personality, who you can make people think you are. Beauty, the way that you look. Those things are passing away, her husband says. But a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. We know that, of course, charm, who you are and what you can get people to believe about you, goes away. Beauty certainly is not something that lasts forever. But he says, a woman who fears the Lord, the proverb writer writes, the woman who fears the Lord will be praised. The truth is to be devoted. We see that in verse 30 there. Woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Be devoted to the Lord. Be devoted to your family. That's the truth. Not that you never sleep. Not that your children always speak well of you. Not that your husband never criticizes you. Not that the men in your life always think that you surpass everyone else. But the point is, the truth is, what God has said is to be devoted no matter what. The lie is to be perfect. You, you may look at this whole passage of Scripture from 10 to 31... And you say, I guess that means I can't ever make a mistake. I, I mean, I, literally, I guess that means I have to be put together all the time. I can't ever commit a sin. I can't ever do anything wrong. And the home in which you grew up may have convinced you that that's true. As I said, home shapes you. It, it determines how you think. And ladies, you may have spent your entire life not just trying to be devoted and trying to be a godly woman, but literally trying to be perfect. Because that's what you think God is wanting from you. That's how you've learned to gain acceptance and approval from other people. And the truth is, it's killing you. I want you to turn from Proverbs chapter 31 and I want you to turn over to the book of Luke. And as you're turning, let me tell you this. I believe with everything in me that Proverbs chapter 31 is the inspired Word of God. It is exactly what God wants us to see and understand, but it must be understood within the proper context and look at all 66 books and say, this is not some superhuman standard that we should hold women to 
without fully getting and understanding what God is trying to say to them. I fully believe that God wants women to be trustworthy and to be wise and to be devoted, but I fully believe He doesn't want you to bind a lie that you must be everything, that you must be impressive and you must be perfect. Because look at Luke chapter 10. Verse 38, an example here I want to give you, and then we'll close. While they were traveling, he, that's Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice. And it will not be taken away from her. Jesus, I think, sums up for and hopefully sets free many of the women that are here today. I think you look at yourself and if you are trying to live up to all that you have ever been taught and, and those things being skewed into maybe some lies, maybe you're like Martha and you are scrambling around trying to figure out life. And you, you, you have done everything that you know to do. I mean, you're trying to impress everybody. You're trying to be everything. You're trying to be perfect. And then you figure, okay, then maybe I'll be all right. And you're looking at the Lord and you're saying, I'm doing it right, aren't I? I mean, this is what you want from me. I mean, I'm wearing myself out. I'm trying as hard as I can. Look at all these things I'm doing. And I wonder this morning if you'd, if you'd look again at what Jesus says. You're worried and upset about many things. But one thing is necessary. You know what that one thing was? He was talking about what Mary was doing. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Let me give you a, a statement that maybe will help you this week. I believe it's based upon the truth of Scripture and hopefully memorable to you. <clears throat> Ladies, and, and this could go for any of us, let me encourage you, let me challenge you, let me, let me give you something. Stop trying to be a superhero and just be a disciple. Stop trying to be a superhero. It's not what God has called you to. But you don't understand, you say. Well, no, I don't. No, I, 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 don't, I don't know everything about your situation. But what's one step you can take this week to hear the words of Jesus when he said to Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. You're trying to be a superhero. You, you are trying your best. But all I want you to be is a disciple. I just want you to center your life on sitting there at my feet and listening to what I have to say. In your home, you might have learned that to keep it all together, to be the right kind of person or whatever, that you need to be a superhero. You've got to do it all. You've got to, to be all the right things. And instead of being trustworthy, you've learned you need to be everything. And instead of just being wise, you, you're trying to be impressive. And instead of just being devoted, you're trying to be perfect. And today, I wonder, would you hear the words of Jesus? You're worried and upset about many things. You're distracted. You've lost the main focus. 
And maybe it's your fault, maybe it's not. Maybe it's this world has thrown so much at you, but get through the clutter, the Lord says, and remember, one thing is necessary. Make the right choice this morning. Just be a disciple. Let me encourage you to take one step this week, whatever it may be, saying no to somebody, not overloading your schedule, allowing one shirt to go unironed. (laughs) I don't know what it is. One thing this week that you can say, you know what? This week I chose to be a disciple over trying to be a superhero. And you say, I don't know if I can do that. Give it a shot. Because let me tell you this. You can try all you want to be a superhero. And you will fail every single time. And all it will do when you fail is make you feel awful and try harder the next time to be even better. And you'll fail at that and you'll feel awful and you'll try even harder the next time to do better. And you'll wind up at some point down the road in this cycle that you don't know how how it got started. You don't know how to end it. And you'll be miserable and awful and no good for anybody. And what we need to hear this morning is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there is only one superhero, and it's Him. And He is the one who has given you value, not based upon what you do, but given you value based upon what He did. You have value based upon the fact that you are a creature created and loved by God, and a sinner loved by His Son, Jesus Christ, enough to die for your sins. The gospel of Jesus Christ can set you free from the trap of being a superhero. And ladies or fellas, I don't know who needs to hear it this morning. God does not expect you in your home or or coming out of your home to learn to be a superhero. What He wants for you is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. What's the step you can take this morning? He told, he told Martha, Mary's made the right choice. She's chosen between this superhero mentality and a disciple mentality. She's chosen to be a disciple. Would you choose this morning to believe the gospel that you don't have to be a superhero, that you can take a step this week and say, you know what, in this situation, I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to be a disciple. The Lord loves you. He is a soft place to land. And no matter what you do, or don't do. No matter how super or not super you are, just be a disciple. Just love the Lord. Let Him live His life through you. Receive the message of the gospel and let Jesus be the superhero. Let's pray together. Jesus told... Martha, that Mary had made the right choice. And I wonder for you this morning, as I just mentioned, what's the choice that needs to be made? The message is before you that Jesus loves you, that you stand in need of a Savior, and that He's the only one who can provide it for you. A right standing with God, forgiveness of sin, eternal life. An eternal life that not only begins when you die, but it begins now. Would you choose this morning to receive that message? Simply to be a disciple. No more superhero. Fellas, let the ladies in your life off the hook. No more superhero. Encourage them. Be a disciple.
Fellas, maybe this message was for you. No more. You say, well, I attempt to be Captain America. (laughs) Or Iron Man or Thor. I'm just going to be a disciple of Jesus. God, that's our prayer this morning. Make us disciples. Help us to understand and believe and receive the truth and to reject the lies. For the ladies and for the guys, Lord, we pray that that would be true. Help us to simply be disciples. Stop trying to be superheroes. Help us to trust you, Lord, with the steps we need to take this week to reorient our lives toward discipleship. Trusting you instead of ourselves. We pray in Jesus' name.